find the rest pigeon, there's a couple of fan here. There's uh, a couple of garden pigeons. There's a couple of uh, a good few. Uh, These are all Belgians. They're all Belgians. They're all, all Belgian pigeons, you know. They're of all Belgian strains. Then there's a, an Osman family of pigeons in here as well. They're English pigeons, you know. They're a very good family of pigeons. They were cultivated by Gordon Osman, you know. I know them all. I know each and every pigeon that's in the pigeon shed. And I can pick out if there's uh, if there's a stranger there on the roof, I know it's not. You know what I mean? I know it's straight away a different pigeon. Now it can be the same colour as my own, but I know it's not me. You know? And uh, I can more or less tell when they're flying even if there's strange pigeons in with them. You know? Do you count them every night? No, I haven't. I, I haven't counted. The last person to count my pigeons was Larry Stroke. I don't count my pigeons at all. Larry, last time Larry was down, he, he said, uh, you must have uh, a hundred now or that, and Larry count them up. Larry would it, it, go around, you know what I mean? Now, no man is around in it, just only for the, uh, the thing. I don't know, I don't know. I'd, I'd say there's 80 there. So how do you know if there's one missing? Oh, I know. I know if there's one missing. As soon as I go into the pigeon shed, I know. Because you all have kind of their perches and that, and, and I, I know exactly what pigeon should be in it. I don't know how many is in it. I know there's 80, but I don't know how many uh, how many be in there at a given night, you know. And then when I have them racing, then now last week I thought the away, uh, I was missing four. I'm still missing the four, but uh, I knew exactly what four pigeons was missing out of the four. Will they come back? I don't think so. You know, you have to... You lose, you have to lose pigeons. If you didn't lose pigeons, there's an awful lot of obstacles in the way. You know, you have trees, you have fellas shooting them, you have wires. You know, they can be, they're fairly... Well, I thought they were good pigeons, but they didn't, they didn't come home and that's it, you know. And in the course of the year, that's how you thin yourself out, you know. The, uh, there's so many things that that happens to them on the way up that uh, you lose them and uh, if, sure if you didn't lose them you'd be swamped out you know percentage wise now is very good you know in in returns it's now that's only five I've lost this year altogether and we're down to the fourth race you know that's including training where you could send them away to Arkla and you get a, a, a bang with the wires and that and you could five or six pigeons missing so we've had a lucky year so far this year, you know. You'd start by visiting lofts and get to know the fanciers especially. And after the fancier gets to know a young chap, he was a pigeon saying, take him under his wing. And he would give him some young pigeons. Most fanciers are only big lads to help a beginner. And they would give, generally give, pigeons free 
to do as soon as after that they'd have to settle them to the lap keep them in for a while if they were all bored they'd have to pair them up and get them used to a place and then try them out eventually to settle them if they're young boards they get them when they're about three three and a half weeks old at that stage they put them out on the loft on a landing board and let them look around and get used to the vicinity after that the young pigeons will go in and out and they'll be settled they won't fly away after that then they take it in stages then after that they would have to train the pigeons they'd have to buy a basket if they wish to race they'd have to buy a flock then they could start and <coughs> for one year just train the pigeons and breed from them and get established then they would join a club a local club and get to know the fanciers and race their pigeons then at that stage. How do you train pigeons? Well, you have to train them in in mileage, a couple of miles each day. We but say. how do you make them fly a couple of miles? Well, well, the thing is, you bring the the boards away in the basket. We say about three miles and liberate them, and the boards will home on their own instinct, you know, to the loft. They'll be home before you are. Well. Yes, I suppose, near enough. And then the next morning, you bring them a little bit further and a little bit further. You build up their confidence to get home on a long race, yet, you know. Has anyone ever worked out what the homing instinct is? No, I don't think so. As far as I know, they haven't worked out. It's a, it's a thing they haven't, uh, what do you call it, got to the bottom of, you know, and they've tried for years to work it out. And it's just as well they haven't because it, it's more of an enjoyment you don't know what makes the pigeon. You can take the pigeon any direction? Any direction. You can take him north, south, east or west and uh, he'll try his utmost at home as quickly as possible. The actual breeding of the birds in what the lads come along in, re in regards to the breeding for the trying thing, they prepare their best pigeons to their best pigeons. And what I mean, the best pigeons, the, the best producing pigeons that they found over the years for breed of, with their best racing pigeons, pigeons that had to put with the best performance, trying that that way the, the offsprings off them. <coughs> throw fairly decent ones, you know. You have a better chance of getting good ones that way, you know. And how close do you breed? Well, I breed personally myself, mother, uh, mother to son, father to daughter, grandfather to, to granddaughter, you know, right away down along. You, you hit on a little bit of trouble by going in fairly close, but it's very small, you know. What, the blood what becomes too thin. The blood becomes a thing. You get slight deformities like web trees, uh, odds and ends, different different shape kind. You know they're not they're not they're not all uniform. You know sometimes you get big big pigeons out of them. And then again, these turn into a very small pigeon. You know 
So you have to then recross back out to bring in a different different pigeon into the family of pigeons. If you have a family of pigeons, I wouldn't introduce it all after maybe 15 years, you know. You'd have to um, wait until you see signs that they slow up in racing or that, you know. But the um, fanciers generally keep them, the uh, pigeons, the whole one family of pigeons for maybe 20, 30 years without basket, you know. But then later on, they cross uh, across in, they try the youngsters. <coughs> and if they prove good, they breed in. And if they don't, they eliminate them and they try another cross. Uh, around about the 28th of February then, you would pair up. And if you had stock pigeons, you would pair up a little earlier. And pigeons for the, fair, the longer races that we have, you might hold them back and pair up in the middle of March. And basically, once a pigeon is paired up, it will stay together until they're separated again. They're monogamous, aren't they? They are indeed, yeah. And um, they're very adulterous too. If the cock is away, especially with yearling pigeons, they would tend to pair up the following morning. You'd see them running to another cock in the loft. Well, if you want to pair a cock to a hen, uh, does it necessarily follow that they will mate? Most times they will. You might have a bit of trouble, but eventually they settle them if you take your time and be patient with them. The way we pair the pigeons together is we have a nest box for each pair of pigeons with a nest print on it and you put the hen and cock in the box and they pair up in the box to settle down. But if the cock is too vicious you take the hen out, leave it away for a day and try her back again and eventually you will pair up. Or if you have the space you could have a uh, you could have a, an empty compartment. You could leave you, you take the rest of the pigeons out and let one cock in and he has a box of his own and then you lock the other boxes up and you introduce the hen in and eventually then they will get very affectionate and the cock will go to his box and you call the hen up to his box and the hen will follow and then when you have that part of it done you can do the following thing the next day with another cock and introduce him into his box well he would <coughs> have a box and introduce another hen in there's a lot of different systems mm -hmm. in it, but uh, that's basically it. Once they pair up, then. In a bowl, and too, for them to have their eggs. You know, a nest bowl, that encourages the cock to call the hen to the nest. And once he calls her there, he's paired for, he's for that year anyway, you know. So if you want to pair up to four or five different hens at the same time and all stay happy together, like a commune, let them all live in together and let them thing. I know myself what all my pigeons have let off. But I leave, I let them take their own calls, and they're more content to come home to the loft, you know. It's the natural system, pure natural, soul natural, you know. How faithful are they, the cops of the hen? Ah, there's some of them there that are very faithful. There's other than them who run with Aunt Nicole, run with any old hen, you know. But there is certain cops that will only pair to certain hens, and you can't split them. You might split them for a couple of weeks and then next minute he's back to the same old hen, you know. I had one fella there now and uh, tried to pair him to one hen for five years. He'd half pair to her and then he'd leave her. 
no way he wouldn't have it. He, she wouldn't have him. And then when the hen is due to lay, <coughs> the cock, what they call, drives the hen. He chases her all around the place. And the minute she leaves the nest box, he chases and chases her all the time until she goes back to that nest box. And he protects her all the time. When a cock is driving the hen hard and that, and they're up in the air, the cock will fly with the hen. He'll pick him, pick her out of the batch, and he'll fly on top, you know, on top of the hen. He'll do that for and and such time as the hen lays. That's a cock that is driving very, very hard, you know. And then you'll have him then, when he's on the roof, he's facing her down into the nest box. He wants her to go down and lay. He's happy then when she's had the laying, you know. It's extraordinary, you know. How long would he fly over? Oh, he depends on how, how long they're exercising. I've had them here now, and they've, they've been flying for an hour like that. The solid hour without landing, you know. And he, then he come down, hit the roof, and thing, and he bait, he bait her down into the nest box, you know. And if that, that procedure goes on for maybe five days, generally lays between the seven and the tenth day, you know. That's a good constant hen that would lay quick, you know. And that's the way it is, you know, with them. They enjoy it. And a lot of people race cocks in that condition. They send the cock to the race point. The most clean condition in that condition. Because it'll be very clean to get back. Or you could put another cock in his nest box and let him see the cock in it when he's in that particular cycle. This is a kind of jealousy. The jealousy it's a jealousy thing, yeah. what we were saying there. All these things are jealousy systems. All these jealousy things are tried. You, know? you get a hen pigeon yeah. when the leg is due to chipping, when it's chipping out, and you send the hen away then, and she come back quick to the bird. Or the hen on young youngsters only hatched out a yeah. couple of days, and she's <coughs> really keen <coughs> to, you know, to cover them. You could put her into the race now with a bit of confidence, say, to and say, get results from, you know. It's like a yeah. what they call the widowhood system. They have mm. a team of cock pigeons in the loft on their own, no hen near them. And they have a team of hens in another section, which the cock can't see them. They generally keep them dark. And before the race, then they put the hens in with the cock for a half an hour before they send them to the race. And when the cock comes home, then the hens are in their nest box and they trap real quick into them. They train them to do this when they exercise them each day. They put the hens in the box so the cock can know they're there when they come home. And they generally race very well. In fact, there's one man won in England. He won, I think, 51 races with the one pigeon. Champion breakaway, was Champion it? breakaway yeah. on that system. He's on the widowhood system. <laughs> it's a very awkward thing to try because you need an awful lot of space. Like they can't, they're not supposed to hear the hens. Apart from seeing them, to hear them even. Yeah. It's a good way to raise the them. The only time to see them is when, they when they're in the nest box, when they come home from the race. It's a good way to training. raise the board because the board is, is healthy all the time. The cock board. Has no and there's no eggs or anything disturbing them, you know. He's only keen on the hen. And, and the, evening, the evening of the race, as you're going to mark the boards, you as Tommy says, you put the hen in for a few minutes and the cock goes up to her there, flapping his wings. He's keen to get to her. And as he's calling her into the bowl, you just put the <coughs> hen in for the cock, take him and mark him in for the race. And he's as keen as mustard then to get back 
Yeah. The only thing about it I don't particularly like is um, that the hens are not raised. You know, it's purely keep the hens pops. home all the time. The see, hens never, they don't raise, so... Because you have to have the you hens... You could have a good hen there or something, you know. That well, they do raise hens on the same system. Yeah, they do. No. Some of them try to put it... It's, uh, <coughs> it's mostly the cocks they try on that system. Mostly the widower cocks that they, no. they, they do that particular thing. Yeah. Yeah. Even after you try all these things and wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, it's just a chancy thing, you know. Well, I think myself that it's the environment, the adopt who are in a farm, you have to have the love of the shed, you know, the love of the, the love of the home or the love of their nest box, and they're contented in it. I mean, I have out there now, and they're not even nesting in the shed. They've two young ones underneath me book shed, you know, and still in all the sample room for them for nest boxes and all, would you prefer to go under there? So I just left them, the two young ones hatched out a fortnight ago, two nice young ones, they're wrong and all. And uh, they just want to get away from the others, and they want that little con, that place for themselves, you know. So I left them. I, I let the birds do whatever they want to do. The Belgian pigeon now seems to be the in thing they, they go in for it in a bigger way than what we do here it's big you know the their their pigeon loft is like this big club room here it's like a big house i could show you photographs actually i was looking at them today the bungalow is on colony heights that's two hundred thousand pounds these pigeon lofts in belgium are the same thing with tiled roofs and the whole lot you know there's a big one out there isn't there there is the ponderosa that's one, one of them, one that's a big stud, you know, <coughs> and they have <coughs> acres of land with pigeon lofts in them, you know. Tell me about the big studs. He's <laughs> <coughs> Marcella in England. He has um, hundreds of different families of pigeons. And he buys them in, pays big money for them, and then he breeds them and resells the young after them, you know, and then... Would he anyone he here have a, a pigeon out of Masarellas? Uh, yeah, oh, I yeah, have yeah. some now at present. I have about five different breeds direct from Masarellas now. And what's going to cost you? Well, actually, they didn't cost me anything. I got a present of it from a friend of mine who bought them direct from Marcellino, you know. So what would they cost? What would they cost? Well, Marcellino himself might pay a thousand, two thousand, three thousand, maybe more for the pigeons. He might even pay more. Yeah. And <coughs> then if he'd sell the stock maybe for them, he might charge you a hundred pounds for six young ones. And after that then, Suck yourself aside. But they're well bred. Oh, they're well bred. Yeah. They range, so expert. They range yeah. from the Marcellus <coughs> Stud from twelve fifty to about a thousand pounds, depending on which what you, where, what you want. If you want grandchildren, great grandchildren. If you want direct children off the champions, as you go up the ladder, the dearer they get. <coughs> but the they have. For every man's pocket, the 
poorest man can afford the picking out of the master level club. Blood, I suppose, will tell in the end. You know, if you have a particular strain, it's like the race horses again. You know, like um, they buy in particularly O'Brien. To go back just to the horses for a minute. They buy the blood from down from Northern Dancer, and in the hope that they will get another Derby winner. And it's the same with the pigeons. You don't know really by looking. The basket uh, usually tells, you know. And um, as Thomas said earlier on, then the performance of the pigeons. You put the best to your best and you hope then that you will produce a very good one. But on appearance you can't judge? Well, it's nice to handle a friendly, it's a nice, uh, you know, board. There's a, there's a quality in the wing and that, you know. And uh, a nice eye, a nice head to go with it, you know, like a nice quality pigeon. Everything sort of tones in together with the board. A good balance, Paddy. Good balance, yeah. yeah. Good balance in that. How do you judge yeah. balance? Well, uh, you get to know the quality of a board and the feel of a winning pigeon, you know, and uh, from then on you sort of judge it yourself, you know. They all come in different shapes and mm. sizes, but it's mainly, I mean, there's fairly big large pigeons that can fly fairly fairly good and put up fantastic performances, there's small little medium sized pigeons, dependence on the individual, what type of pigeon he likes, there's some fellas like big robust pigeons and there's other fellas like small little you know little handful they all fly as equal equally as good you know when you when you go through all the the champion the champion racers as he's called they all fairly in size and they all look different you know and it's if you if you looked at the pigeon without looking at the performance say geez that thing wouldn't fly now that mm. or wouldn't have that but when you'd look down the performance of the pigeons, probably had to win the Scottish National, you know what I mean, where there'd be 10, 12, or 20,000 pigeons participating, you know. But they've all different looks, and they've all different clays. <coughs> you know, it's very hard, really. It's each individual likes his own type of pigeon. Each member has his measurement, his distance from the race point to his loft. Down to yards. Yeah. Down, down to down yards, down to points of a yard. And each fancier's measurement is different. So when they make up, when you go to find the winner of the race, you have to make out a velocity, how many yards a minute the pigeon flies at. So to get that, you have to get the distance down to 60s and the flying time of the board down to 60 and you divide one into the other and you put the velocity the faster pigeon flies and the pigeon flying the most yards a minute wins the race often times it might go to the third decimal point before you get a winner when you come down to race mark the boards you um <coughs> you bring your boards to the club room in your pigeon basket and there's a committee here that marks race what they call race marks the pigeons. They have a race sheet with all the boards you've entered on the race sheet <coughs> with their ring numbers, the colour and sex. They have a ringer which you put the rubber ring on and the secretary marks down as you 
race mark the pigeon the secretary the handler calls out the ring number on the metal ring the secretary writes it down on the sheet then they place a rubber ring on the pigeon's leg and they call out the number from a slip a slip of paper an outside number and that corresponds with the outside number on the rubber ring and that's put into the envelope until all your boards are race marked and that envelope is sealed and the same procedure for each fancier then after the race you clock your pigeon in you put the rubber ring into a thimble and you place that thimble in the clock and you pull the lever and it stamps the time records the time that you put the pigeon in but we have uh, two big transporter lorries in Dublin and it caters for all the clubs around you know mm. and uh, we bring our uh, our crates as you see here we have them cleaned and painted nice we bring them in with the boards in the Smithfield market and they're put onto the lorries in there and from there you have to go to the race points whether it be in, in uh, Clonakilty or Yall or Skibbereen somewhere like that and they're liberated the next morning down there around 12 o'clock maybe or 1 o'clock and we wait in the gardens then for our boards to come back you know with uh, you know, a can of corner that will encourage the board into the loft and we, we wait for about an hour probably you know prepare the, the, the loft out You'll probably clean the loft that morning, the garden and the whole lot. You know, while you're waiting for the board. You know, and the pigeon comes then. It's a great thrill to watch the board break and head for the loft and get in. And you have to catch him then and uh, remove the, the rubber ring and clock him into the clock, you know. The trapping end of it is the, is the snag, you know. See, I, I get bad trapping. Because I don't, I, I have my pigeons, they can come in if they want to come in, if they don't want to come in, it's just, you know, we don't get annoyed at it, I, I enjoy it. You have to free them here all day, they're losing. Well, since first night this morning, because the shed was open all day, you know. So you leave the shed open, I don't have to lock the shed, because the dogs go into the shed, and they don't do them any harm, you know. So, I mean, I've no trouble with any cats or anything around the place. As you can see, the place is all fenced in, so they don't uh, think pigeons enjoy themselves. And they don't mind the dogs? Oh, no. See, the dogs the, the dogs generally go into that nest box there, and there's a pigeon sitting there. They have photographs, actually, see them inside. They'd sit and lie in the pigeon shed. No one. With the pigeons. Then the baby goes in around the pigeon shed. So, I mean, there's no way. So, more or less, they're, they're tame. We don't like wild pigeons. The wild pigeon upsets the routine in the shed. You know, when you, if you brought in a pigeon now and he was extremely wild, all the pigeons seem to get wild. Where they come around us here and they enjoy themselves, you know. Well, it pays an awful lot. It, it, it takes an awful lot to upset them then on a race day. You know, if you pull into the mind to come in when they come home on the race day, there's nothing in the territory. I mean, there can be double sheets hanging on the line there, and still in all the pigeons that come in, no bother. You know? It's just you're inclined to mess a lot, mess around, you know? If you haven't got that extra thing for to go home into the loft, 
you know, the extra little drive or to get to the youngsters or to get to the eggs takes all the time, you know. That's how you do it, races. Doesn't matter in long races because uh, the boards, you know, the boards are well split up. But when you're racing up Ireland, the boards are all on top of one another, all on the same decimal, and that's where, you know, you, it's more or less a trapping competition. This chap I know, um, Jerry Power, he's in the South County Invitation. He was racing on Saturday from the same race point, but a different club, you know, and um, he went home on Saturday night, and his mother said that there was a pigeon she had let in late at the, it was fairly late in the evening. And he said his all his pigeons were home. So um, he went out to the loft and put on the light, and there was a pigeon there. And he knew it was the pigeon he lost in town, but he couldn't believe it, so he went back in, looked up his book, even though he knew it was the same pigeon, and there it was back. And when had he lost it? It had been nearly a year, 12 months, give or take. A year within six weeks. And, and took a year to find its way home. Pigeon was back there, yeah, but it was in, in, the, in, in very good condition, so it was probably in somebody else's loft. He probably on the way on the way home the, the board got a bit tired and he pitched out to another man's loft, probably in England or in Cork even, you know, and he had the pigeon in for the winter and uh, he uh, looked after the pigeon and when he was healthy enough then he took off and, and that's how he got the board back. Mm. I've had pigeons come home after three or four years and missing. You don't know where they've been, but they've probably been in maybe young chaps starting with pigeons and pigeons to go into them and they keep them and then when it comes to the winter when they separate them from their mates the first thing they think of is home and they fly straight home to the original land. They never lose the homing instinct. They always have that. After race day I put out the bat. No one Sunday morning the bat's out for them. And then I take the bat away then on Monday. And I put it back out on Tuesday. And I take it away on Wednesday. After Wednesday, then they can't have it back because I like them to try and get a bit of bloom back on them for the, the racing at the weekend, you know. But uh, they lap up it back. It kind of freshens them up after a sprint, you know. After they've had a little bit of a race, they like to get into the back and relax. It's surprising now. They'd all try and get in at the one time. Basically thing. We murder them for a spot getting on one another's backs and all, you know. And they uh, they'd dust them in the sun up here on the on the walk and have a good thing and stretch the wings. And uh, it does them good, you know. Apart from keeping them clean, I think it does them good, you know. Like yourself when you be tired you'd want the bat and I suppose the same with the old pigeons, they like to freshen themselves up, you know. That's basically on the bat thing, you know. The, the most the most commonest uh, disease amongst them is um, Lesby disease. And uh, there's nine forms of Lesby disease. And um, it's a mucus, what they call, it's in the throat. And it's, it's like a form of, it is a, it's like a bronchial complaint. And this basically stems from, uh, inex well, as I say, inexperience, but overcrowding, overcrowding the pigeons in the loft. Keeping too many boards. Keeping too many and not enough ventilation. And a confined space, you know, you know so the hot air will rise up and if there's not enough uh, continuous flow yeah, of air yeah. in and out, it stays in pockets. And especially it's dominant with, with young pigeons, uh, 
more than old pigeons because they're under a lot more stress mm. because you don't really have to um, get young pigeons ready so like uh, they'd be raised nearly every other week what are their diseases it's like fucking pigeon pox which is uh it's like a, a growth on the eye it's here and on the wattle it grows in the mouth but it it goes away very quick if you just treat it you can treat it with iodine and Canker is a very bad, uh, that is a, one of the worst yeah. diseases that uh, can strike a pigeon. It's not to uh, uh, dispose of the bird when it gets canker. It's a, it's a dreadful disease, you know, and you have to dispose on it, you know, because if you, if you, if you held a bird like that in your law for any length of time, it would be all through the whole race team, you know, and it'd be ruined for the whole season, you know. So you have to, uh, if it has kind of you have to put them down. There's different <coughs> kinds of pigeon food. You have uh, maize, maple peas, you have uh, kind of a horse bean, tick bean, you have uh, all kinds of seed, mm. hemp seeds, all kinds of seed. seed. To get them into condition, you have to have all these things at certain times, you know. And you have to you have to keep it at the right, you know, row ration for your board. If you keep it too much or too little, the board can go off form. You have to keep it to a, a happy medium in the loft, you know. Are there any special foods you give them for racing? Well, there's a lot of uh, a lot of Belgian mixes on the market now. Like years ago, there was only basically uh, corn and uh, peas, but you have a lot of uh, Belgian mixes now, different types. There's eight or nine different feeds now in the last couple of years just come onto the market. And basically, what the the fanciers do is they, uh, you know, they get a they get a, a mix, and if it's successful for them, well, they more or less stay on it's that their particular own mix. As well, you know, their own blend of stuffs, you know. And another yeah, man might yeah use something else. You know, yeah. you might be feeding something different and winning, and I'm feeding something completely different and winning. But basically, the foods don't vary all that much. <laughs> I didn't realise we'd um, the pigeon on. But how how bad is it being a pigeon man, do you find? Is it all day, every day? All day, every day, yeah. Mm. And is it true that he flew pigeons on his wedding day? Yeah. Mm. And um, what about family occasions? like? Uh, oh, you just don't go. You just don't go. Because he just wants to be with his pigeons, so you don't go anywhere. But what do you think about it? Right. I wouldn't have the same interest now as he'd have. But some wives now do. They're okay, kind of, you know. But you'd have some interest in them, wouldn't you? A bit of interest. Like, if he wasn't here, which is a bit unusual, I'd cotton farm or that, you know, but that's about it, you know. And uh, what about people in and out of the house all the time? Well, you don't really mind that. You get used to that. You know. They come early and stay late. 
Well, when I go to bed in the morning, there's usually a couple here. And when I go to bed at night, there's still a couple there, you know. Pigeon men. Yeah, all pigeon men, yeah. And do yeah. they talk of anything else? No, just pigeons. Very rarely. Just feelings all the time. You get some great <laughs> enjoyment there, but it's a great, you know, for to get a pigeon there to come out of France or to come out of Gondi, you know what I mean? On the day, on it's the like day. competing in the it's Olympic Games. It's you know, it's, you don't it's, it's one of them achievements. It's a feeling that you, do you know what I mean? It's very, very thing, and it's great. It's really, you know, you get a great kick out. Now, you might be paddy last, yeah. but you still get the, the enjoyment. It's it's the borderlands at the end of the year. You know you've achieved it's something. Yeah. You know what I mean? When you get a pigeon out of these places, it's the end of the year. Your year is made. It's a hobby. It's a whole time hobby. It's a 365 day a year hobby. Racing, breeding, racing, showing in the winter. You have no time off. You have no time for any other hobbies. It's a team it's hobby. It's a backyard hobby. You're at home. If you go out, it might just be a, a few hours to get your cat set, mark the pigeons but you're back home again, <coughs> you're in the garden all the time, you're out in the sun, it's a good healthy hobby. And a lot of fanciers in it are mm. all very generous. They help each other an awful lot, the fanciers. and everything else, and it's, it's a good all-around sport, good healthy sport. A lot of men too in the winter, like they're working all day, so it's dark when they get home, and they most of them, they have lights in their lofts, and they go straight out to the loft. <coughs> They make sure everything is right there, and they feed their birds. Yeah. If they haven't, if they're not on the hopper, they go out then at night and they spend a couple of hours out there cleaning and, and whatnot. It, as Tom said, it is a 65-day year task. You have young boys at maybe 14 racing with two men, 80, 90 years of age. Keeps them off boys the the young boys. Oh, no. But you do get interested in, in the people race. It's a great thing to keep the youth off the streets, as I said. It keeps them out of trouble because if, it, if they come to the club, you know, there's a lot of rules in the pigeons pigeon club, and and once they take to the sport, they uh, they put their hearts into it, and they sort of seem to behave and on the streets as well. It's a known fact that once you keep pigeons, you're never without them. Yeah, it's if you give up pigeons, they'll always come back, back again. There's all little tricks, and all all the fellas is doing the same trick. You're hoping to you help know. do them. And They're this is the whole thing. I might know. add, by the way, this is one of the most competitive clubs in the borough, isn't it? Yes, it if is. If you win a race in the Noggin Club, you can be assured that you have won a race. It's been held. You know, they, they, they're, it's real sincere pigeon men, you know. And you'll always get the element where there's a couple that's, that doesn't give a care, but 99% of the men... <laughs> They're in your loft every yeah. chance you get. Yeah. I mean, but there is the odd one who uh, who comes into the sport, you know, and he comes up with the with the boards and throws them into the, the basket there, and he doesn't clean out the loft and all, you know, and he has the corporation up onto him then about those uh, dirty lofts or 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 blasting that because uh, he's too lazy to clean the loft out, you know, and hasn't the time. He's doing this, that, and the other, and he's only slap has it the boards in, you know. Not not it's real it. pigeon fancies. Not pigeon fancies at all. 